Hey guys, do me a favor. We love having great advertisers support the show. It helps make the show a reality and helps keep it free for you. But I need your help so that we can keep doing that. Do me a favor. Go to podsurvey.com slash notsam. Then take a quick anonymous survey that's going to help us get to know you a little better. Uh, that way we can show advertisers how great the listeners are. We want to be able to show the people who want to advertise on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast that you guys are listening and who you guys are. Even if you've taken the show's podcast listener survey before, this current one is new and it's different. And so I'd love if you'd just take it really quick one more time. Plus, once you've completed the survey, you can enter to win $100 from Amazon. You, you take the survey, you might win a $100 Amazon gift card. Uh, go to podsurvey.com slash notsam, podsurvey.com slash notsam. Thanks for the help. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. <laughs> welcome, welcome. I wish you could see me right now. I'm, uh, oh, his eyes are open. I'm in a, a hospital room right now. My wife is in the bed and there's a new baby boy who's just watching me record this. Listen, there's no reason that just because your wife gives birth means you can't do a wrestling podcast. Wrestling is going to happen. And this week, I got to sit there. My wife did. She gave birth to a baby boy. And I got to sit there and watch Raw and SmackDown. It was Sunday night that he was born. So by Monday, he's watching Raw. And by Tuesday, he's watching SmackDown. A chip off the old block. Uh, thank you for joining us here at Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Uh, we got a lot going on on this week's show. Katie Linnendahl is back in State of Wrestling, and it's an extra long one. We break down everything that happened this week. But before we get to that, obviously, I've been in a hospital for about four days. Uh, I wasn't able to get a brand new interview in for you. But this is one of my favorite interviews and one that has not been a part of Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast before. We dug deep in the archives and went to a few years ago, probably about four years ago, before SummerSlam. This interview was done in Los Angeles, and it was part of SummerSlam Radio Row. I talked to Vicky Guerrero. Vicky, I feel like, didn't do all that many interviews. And uh, this, I just had a really good time. She's a sweet lady, uh, and one of, just, just fun, genuine, and one of those people that you want to see succeed. So she hasn't been on TV in a long time, and I feel like you forget how good she was in the general manager role, in the love interest role, just as a bad guy, Vicky Guerrero really was a natural as a performer and somebody that I think yeah, could in any era do well on TV. If she came back today, she'd be able to do a hell of a job as a general manager, uh, as manager to one of the talent, anything, anything, and she could do it. So I talked to her for a little bit before SummerSlam a few years ago, and I wanted to share that with you here this week on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. And now, the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast interview. We're here with Vicky Guerrero. Vicky. I love your hair. Oh, thank you. That's so cool. What's the haps? <laughs> What's what? What's the haps? <laughs> it's uh, SummerSlam. Yes, it is. Here in L.A., I mean, it's we're having a great time. Get to meet you guys and right. be here. Touch in my hair. Yeah. Oh, man. 
rare. <laughs> Wonderful. Yes. You really are a cougar. Yes. Um, you, it's amazing what you've done because you come in with kind of no experience. No. You know, obviously the business is in your family with Eddie, but, you know, and you become maybe the most hated bad guy in the company. <laughs> maybe it's from watching Eddie so many times in the living room do promos and watch Eddie and him be the bad guy. But yeah, it's been it's been a great ride. Well, because and it, and it's unique because most of the time when a bad guy is doing a great job, you got to turn him into a good guy because the fans like what they're doing so much they start cheering. But you have managed to maintain the disdain of the audience just by one phrase, excuse me. I know, it's it's been really crazy how, you know, it's been uh, six years that they've yeah. hated me. And I'm just, I'm blessed, you know, because a lot of people can't keep that heat, you know, going. But I really try and, uh, be, I, I do believe in my character. And so when I go out there, it means a lot to me, you uh -huh. know, and I take it seriously, you know, and I don't just take it by a fly by night, you know, well, I'll just try this. I, I really try and, you know, uh, be that character and be that authority figure. And it's not hard. And then I get to make out with guys and I get to, <laughs> <laughs> you know, slap guys. I mean, yeah. it's a, just a day at the office. Who's your favorite person that you've gotten to make out with? Uh, Edge. Edge. Over Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. You know, Why is that? Um, you know, maybe because he was just my first crush. And Edge was just a truly... Um, help to me you know my career I mean he actually sat down and really just tried taught me through the philosophy and he showed me so many things you know and he never seemed afraid to slip the tongue either <laughs> he didn't see I mean I'm only watching on television but it didn't seem like yeah. he was to Edge, me. Edge truly played his character really well you know and so I didn't mind <laughs> well, you were playing your character too <laughs> yeah Dolph was too worried about stealing the show and you know having the camera on him right you know Edge let me share the camera view with him and so I think that meant more to me it was romantic yeah it and was... then he went with the little you know AJ playgirl Barbie you right. know so yeah right. I, I, I dumped him a long time ago left a bad taste in your yeah, mouth yeah yeah <laughs> uh, it, it's also difficult for you I don't know if there was ever any thought put into this but for you to uh, be a widow to somebody who's so beloved by the fans, a writ, did you come in thinking like, yeah, we'll make her into a heel? Like, that seems like, on paper, an impossible undertaking. Yeah, you know, it, it was just for me to come in for two months to help, um, you know, Rey Mysterio with the storyline. And, you know, and it, it was just something that Vince was, you know, Vincent Mann said, you know, we just need you for two months, you know, kind of bring that tribute back to Eddie, you know, and then we'll be done. But then when they started kind of experimenting with things, you know, and, and they could see that I could memorize lines and I wasn't scared of the camera. And then when they, they knew that I could take a tombstone from Undertaker <laughs> and they knew that, you know. She has it all. Yeah, they're like, hey, you know, we could use you. So let's go ahead and, you know, try a contract. And I'm like, oh, gosh, you know. And I didn't want to insult the company. Right. Yeah, you know, because they, you know, this is WWE, you know, I just wanted to do my part and leave. But then, you know, a year went into two years and then, you know, they started letting me, you know, be a general manager and then to work with Edge and then have the wheelchair gimmick, you know, where, <laughs> you know, and then it was just, it was, it's been a ride. Was the tombstone the first bump that you took? Yes. What was that like? It was amazing. Yeah? I mean. You loved it. I loved it. I mean, wow. but you know, uh, Undertaker was so gentle. I mean, he just... You know, he taught me through everything, and he was just, it was a high anyway just to be able to work with him. Yeah. And I remember it was in Tampa, Florida, you know, and uh, it was just, uh, it was amazing, you know. And before I knew what it was over with, and I'm like, can we do it again? Because <laughs> it was so great. What's the most painful bump that you've had to take? Um, the most painful one was with Rey Mysterio. I was in the wheelchair, and he did the 619, uh, the West Coast pop off the top rope and landed on me, and I flipped <laughs> out of the wheelchair. And I was a little sore the next day. You know, I wasn't sure if I, if I wanted to do this or not. 
that. But uh, <laughs> you're just a lady before this. Like you were just some lady. Yeah, they told me just don't wear a dress that night, okay? And I was like, it's gonna be that bad, isn't it? And they're yeah. like, yeah, it's not gonna be very good. <laughs> Have you ever want? Has there ever been something you were like, no, I'm not gonna do that? Um, well, those two were the ones I didn't think I was ever gonna do. But you were like, no, I'm not gonna. Do and they were like, yeah, you are. Yeah, you know, but these guys are so great, yeah. you know. And for Ray to sit down and talk to me, and you know, we went through it, you know, with a crash pad, and you know, and then Undertaker, you know, to you know, just for them to guide me and be side by side and say, hey, you know, this is how it's gonna feel, and everyone just kind of pitched in, you know, and showed me how to fall and bump. Was there any uh, transition to figuring out that it's okay for people to hate you, or were you so familiar with it because of Eddie? that you were like, I know exactly what I'm supposed to be doing here. Well, it was different because, you know, as a wife, you know, you're the encourager, you know, you're like, it's okay, babe, you know, don't worry, you know, they hate you because they love you, you know, and so I was more of the comforter, you know, like, yeah. you know, just don't worry about it. But then when it happened to me, I had to learn to have a thick skin, you know, and it, it was really hard because I, did, I can't take everything personal, especially on my Twitter. <laughs> I have so much hate mail and I, and the great thing is I can block them. You know, uh -huh. that was like the power I had, like, oh yeah, I'll show you and you're blocked, you know, but it, it's all. But then it's like, if you're getting too much Twitter love, you're like, ah, I'm not supposed to be loved this much. Yeah. But you know, it is a lot of love hate relationship, you yeah. know, but I really try and show the fans that I am this other person, you know, when I'm not in the ring and I'm a mom, you know, and I run a house and I have my own business. And is that difficult? Like when people see you on the street with your kids, do they, are they able to separate you from the person you play on television? Sometimes, you know, yeah. or else my kids can give them a dirty look and then I'm like, okay guys, that's enough. You the know? kids are defensive. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, Hey, that's my mom, you know, but um, we all kind of, it grows on you, you know, but we know that it's, as long as they kind of do it and then I'll let them pass, you know, and then mm -hmm. it's done, it's fine. But sometimes it can be over the, over excessive where yeah. I have to kind of say, all right guys, you know, I'm not at work right now. You know, I'm just going to have some time, you know, for my family. And most of them are pretty cool about it. And they kind of understand that, you yeah. know, you're not in an arena. Yeah, just, I'm just walk away. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. the best thing. Just walk away. <laughs> did the uh, guys in the locker room, because you got a lot of TV time and you still get a lot of TV time. Did the guys immediately kind of get what was going on and were okay with it? Or at first was there like, she's not a wrestler. What is she doing? Um, you know, there, I'm sure there was a lot of talk, you know, backstage. And mm -hmm. I, I did feel some of the uh, conflict, you know, with some of the superstars. But I think once they got to know me that, you know, I'm just like this funny person backstage. And, and, I, and when it came to working with them, I gave them my 100%. So I showed everyone that, you know, when I work with you, I'm going to give you everything I have. So I gained their respect, you know, to know that, you know, it's not about me. It's about, you know, making this whole storyline a success. And so I think I gained you know, that, that respect backstage from everyone. Who told you to start saying excuse me? Was that you? No, that, that was me. Because uh, when I had like a two-page promo and <laughs> somewhere in the middle of it, I just forgot where I was at. Like I just <laughs> lost my track and I kind of stood there and I just said excuse me and the crowd just like whipped this hatred on me. Because that's what everyone's teacher told them in, in <laughs> class. Like that's every teacher when the kids are talking, they excuse me. Yeah. And so when I told them to shut up, you know, they were just like, they didn't like it. So I kind of paused and did it again. And that gave me time to kind of refocus where I was at in my promo. And mm -hmm. I, I finished it. But then the writers were like, hey, let's just try this again. But they had me do it when I came out to just tell the crowd right off the bat, you know, excuse me. And it's been a hit ever since. And yeah, really. Like, like to the point where you say it before you even come out now. Yeah. Like, here we go. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's fantastic. You you, know? You've never seemed nervous on camera or you know in front of how 20 30 40,000 people <laughs> <Bless> you. <laughs> are, are you terrified you always get 
the butterflies, you know, and especially if, to, if I have lines to memorize or something to have that timing, you know, to work with a guy, you know, you always worry about that. You know, you want to do your best, you know, but I, I, I put it in God's hands, you know, yeah. and I, I always say a prayer before I go out and I, but I love, once I go out, once you, I, <laughs> you always say a prayer before you go out that you will be able to infuriate these people without anything getting in your mind. Me, hate me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's even funny if I don't think they're that loud. I'm like, God, I didn't hate me that much tonight. You know, yeah. what a boring night. <laughs> I, I need but, more. Yeah. My, yeah. my skin is thick enough that I can handle this yeah. now. But you know, there's that adrenaline, you know, when you have their, your countdown, they're saying five, four, you're supposed to walk out. I just get like that rush you yeah. know and then I'm, I'm okay after I walk out there we were talking to the Miz uh, yesterday about his one of his first times out there when he just completely forgot everything and he had numbers written on his hand but it was sweating and it was a disaster do you have any moments that have uh, gone that disastrous I don't remember any um, you know there's times you kind of well what the worst part is when the crowd doesn't let me talk uh-huh. You know, I have this huge promo. There's a time limit, and um, and every time I put the mic to my hand, you know, they'll start yelling so loud that the TV will tell me don't talk because they're so loud that the microphone's not going to pick it up. And there was one time that me and John Cena were doing a promo, and he started laughing with them because every time I start to talk, I had to. They went. I had to just stop. Yeah. And then he, it was like eight times, and we went <laughs> back and forth, and he was just like, just go, just just get out of here. And it was it, that's. That was really nerve-wracking for me because I never got to finish my promo. Yeah. Do you do you uh, enjoy performing more, or do you enjoy uh, watching? Did you enjoy watching? You know, a loved one perform, Eddie. Um, well, of course, I was. Um, you know, the wife that you know stayed home, and I loved it. You right. know, especially when Eddie came on, that was like our highlight. You know, to watch what he was gonna do. But to perform, that's my high now. Right. You know, I, I love it. You know, I love being in the ring. I love to work with, especially the McMahons. You know, that's like a, that's a, a just an ultimate high for me. You know, but once you get me in that ring, I'm good to go. What's the favorite thing that you've gotten to do? Um, Aside from getting tombstoned, of course. Uh, getting fired by Stephanie McMahon. You loved that. It was awesome. When I climbed <laughs> on that table and I was going to attack her, she was like, what were you thinking? I'm like, I was going to attack you. <laughs> so in your head now, you're just going, like, you're in the place where you're comfortable enough to just say, I'm just going to go crazy. Yeah, and, you know, and we always rehearse it, you know, because we have to, you know, do that. But when it comes out even better and I feel it more out there, they love how I just kind of take over. And I... I always want to give my 110 percent. Yeah. You know, so it's it's a it's a high for me to try and exceed that next time to be better than the last time. Is there any uh, has there ever been any scariness with the fans? Because the thing about being like a real bad guy like you are is like these people get genuine hatred. Has there been any scary moments, or has everybody kind of figured out? Um, I've had a couple of fans follow me home. You know, where I've had to like you know kind of take a different turn, yeah. or um, the fans will rock the car as we're driving out of the driveway. You know, we have the great security of the arena. You know, who just like kind of stands there. But <laughs> other than that, I've been it's been good. You know, a few death threats on Twitter, but you can block them. Right, right, yeah, death threat <laughs> on Twitter here. is like I'm still here. <laughs> right, what are you tweeting for? Yeah, it's, it's, it is weird, though, that, like, uh, pro wrestling is kind of the only thing. A lot of people have trouble separating what's going on on television from, from reality. And maybe that's because the character Vicky Guerrero has the same name as the person Vicky yeah. Guerrero. Yeah, and, you know, it's, it's, it's really important for me to meet the fans on the sidewalk and, and fan access and, you know, and to be able to talk here, you know, because it's a fictional character, you know, and I'm not like that in real life. You know? Do your children watch you? Uh, sometimes, you know, we really try when it's home, 
typically try and separate work from home, so um, I don't think they see me because they don't ask if I get, you know, when I get hit or something, are you yeah. okay? So I know they're not watching me, and I'm like, hey, I'm good, you know, it's all right, guys. How often are you on the road? Just Do you just do, like, the Monday TV or no, Monday and Tuesday? shows, so we'll leave on Fridays, and I get home on Wednesday, and then we'll home. So you're on the full days. schedule. Yeah, so I'm home for two days and go out on Friday. Wow. Yeah, so it's pretty busy, but I, I love it. Yeah. yeah, and then you get home, and you're with your kids and your family, yeah. and you're like, you got your own world my going on. Getting ready, my oldest one's getting ready to go into the Orlando at the at the Performance Center. She is. Uh huh. And my little one goes to school and college, so I'm one out of two. I mean, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> I only take one out on the road right now. It's in the blood, though. It's in the yeah, blood. She's gonna. I know she's gonna end up kicking my butt. <laughs> well, Vicky, I appreciate you talking. Uh, you. uh, you're a pleasure. Not in the arena, but here with me. You're a yeah. pleasure. It's nice meeting you. You too. Here is Sam Roberts. Classic interview from Vicky Guerrero. If you want to see what that interview looked like, you can just search YouTube. Sam Roberts, uh, Vicky Guerrero. You can go to the Not Sam YouTube channel. You can find it all there and see the video for yourself. Uh, again, we're recording directly out of a, a maternity ward this week, but it's got to get done. It's got to get done. And, you know, families are important. And spending time with your family is important. I don't know if you know this, but the families that cook together stay together. And as a father, you got to know how to cook. It's 2017. It doesn't. It's not the mother's place anymore. Okay. But what are you going to do? I'll tell you what you do. You go to Blue Apron. All of a sudden, you're going to become a master chef who uses the highest quality, freshest ingredients. It's going to make a huge difference. And it's going to make it so that everybody's impressed. It tastes good. It looks good. It smells good. People are going to think you know what you're doing. Uh, it's less than $10 per meal. Blue Apron delivers easy-to-follow recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients courtesy of over 150 local farms, ranches, and fisheries across the United States and right to your door. Uh, some of the meals available in February include cashew chicken stir-fry, with tango mandarins and jasmine rice. You can get a noodle soup with miso and soft-boiled eggs. You can get roasted pork with apple walnut and farro salad and crispy uh, barramundi with quinoa. Oh, my God. And roasted carrot salad. Look, I don't even know what these ingredients are. But if you ask anybody, I know how to cook them because I use Blue Apron. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash roberts. You see, I'm feeding you. You're going to love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. Go to blueapron.com slash roberts. Blueapron.com slash roberts. Blue Apron is a better way to cook. And let's get cooking, huh? Let's get cooking with the state of wrestling. Katie Lindendahl is back joining me this week to break down everything that happened on Raw and SmackDown, talk about uh, uh, fast lane as it approaches very quickly, and what the uh, what the landscape looks like as WrestleMania approaches. Oh my God, it's an exciting time for wrestling, and we are going to transport into a studio where I meet. We're going. We're leaving the maternity ward to go into a studio where I meet Katie Linendahl to break down the state of wrestling. It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling. Welcome to the State of Wrestling. And look who's back. I like keeping you special. Ah! Special guest, Katie Linendahl. Did you hear the uh, 
Kurt Hawkins call? Oh, it's great. I, I like even uh, you should have seen my face. I don't know if the, I don't think that video is up yet, but the video will be up on YouTube. Like I was like I, I at at that point I wish you did come up from the floor of the <laughs> ring like in the studio like the Undertaker As did. As a druid? Yeah, and just made your appearance <laughs> because I was like, "Oh my god." I didn't know you were going to get the call shout out. That's well, the first time actually, it's happened in an interview. I was listening to the podcast and doing a stair run, <laughs> of which I had I'd already exceeded my goal for the day. But you know, you just have to keep going. Mm-hmm. And I almost fell down the stair when I heard the call. You were like, "So, oh, now I know how obnoxious this is." Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it comes with an apology and also appreciation. <laughs> well, Katie Linendahl is here. Katie Dot Show is her podcast, but we talk about wrestling here. So uh, a lot has gone down uh, uh, in the last week, I'd say. Uh, I mean, we it, like in wrestling and also in your personal life. Well, certain wrestling personalities like Sam Roberts, yes. Can we talk about this? Of course. Can I blow it off the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's blow this up. Well, I did. I, I tell you this. It, it's very fun to be able to watch Raw and SmackDown <laughs> with somebody who's 24 hours old and then 48 hours old. So this is very, very big news. Yes. Sam Roberts, the last professional broadcaster, and his wife, one of my favorite people in the world, Mm -hmm. had a baby boy. Right. And we're calling him the next last professional broadcaster. (laughs) That's right. Actually, he's not going to be able to be a professional broadcaster because, there's I mean, I'm the last one. I'm taking it all. There'll be nothing left. He'll have to do something else. The baby is, like, almost 10 pounds. Yeah. You know that moment when, like, uh, dads uh, realize their sons can beat them up? That was Out of the womb. Yeah, it's three days in and we're there. But, oh, my goodness. Like, this has been so exciting to watch this timeline, and you haven't been very public about it. But just watching you and Jess just share this whole, like, journey and out comes a human being. Like you're, my sister's like Sam's having a baby. He's a man baby himself. Like, I know this is crazy. Yeah, but like, if you do kid stuff that kids like, I do stuff that I would think was cool if I were a kid. Like if I were 13 and I were looking at me, I'd be like, I want to hang out with that dude. The stuff that he does is cool. So then, if you have a kid and you're doing stuff that a kid would think was cool, then that's perfect. Because the kid's going to be like, oh, that's cool. I'll just do that. Yeah, but th- I'll hang out with what you. percentage of stuff is actually cool and then you have to actually exit into real life? With that, look, this is the best is part. Is that where Jess kicks in? Well, what's real life? Okay, like the kid's going to crap his pants or throw up on an airplane. Like, how are you going to handle that? Oh, yeah. That's I, where, like, you're checked out, dude. I already had a, I changed a diaper already. It was a disaster. So How'd that go down? Terribly. Terribly. I told the whole story. I, we'll podcast it out because it's like an hour plus long story on uh, <laughs> Jim Norton and Sam Roberts on Sirius XM. Um, so you'll be able to I'll just I'll podcast that out maybe on Tuesday and you'll be able to hear the whole story. I think we'll probably put it on YouTube. And you're too. such a worker, too. Like he doesn't know Excel. He doesn't know Photoshop. Right. You know, any animation suites. He, what is he going to offer to your to your work life balance there? I, I don't get, know. I get to teach him everything. Do you want to teach? Yeah, because I get to teach him to do it the way I do it. It's perfect. I do respect the amount of wrestling clothes that you got at the baby shower. Which, yep. like, 95% of the audience there had no idea what was happening. And we're like, all right, King of Strong Style. I got a Nakamura onesie. He's already watching wrestling in the hospital. Oh, dude. Your first... Okay, I was waiting on your account. I don't check a lot of social media. It's just not my thing. You posted... Okay, tag the, expert. 
Well, no, I, I, I stay away from a lot of feeds, personal feeds. I, I have to do a lot of posts. Right. For my own sanity and health, I think it's wise to kind of lay off the social. No, I think that's right. I think that's, that's right. A, that's another half-hour conversation. Point being, I, I was waiting to see what your like the first picture of baby was. Yes. And your first picture of baby uh-huh. on Instagram yeah. was a picture of his little foot, which was super precious. Yes. Tagged with what? New subscriber to SiriusXM and WWE Network. Comma, I don't share passwords. <laughs> yeah. Welcome, baby, into the world. Well, Someone he, to watch wrestling with. I didn't post it for him. He's not going to check. He's too little. He doesn't even have a phone. He's three days old. You know what I mean? I will say, though, in all seriousness, you and I, it's been awesome to see this journey happen. And congratulations again. Oh, thank you. You know, we have had a lot of NXT road trips. Yes. We've had a lot of indie show experiences together. I mean, the first time we hung out was a road trip to Philadelphia for Royal Rumble. Yeah, that could have been a real awkward experience. Yeah, Instead, I, it was great. I don't know why you said yes, but I... Yeah. Yeah. A lot of pay-per-views across the country. Yes. Including WrestleMania. Yes, WrestleManias. We laughed. Uh-huh. We've cried. Right. Because we laughed so hard. Right. And that's why I have to say in all seriousness, uh-huh. your son is on my list. What list? My list. He's on the list. Why? Because I'm because he's taking me. Ruining everything. He's taking me away from you. Yeah. (laughs) He's ruining everything. Guess what? That's why it was important to start working. on The festival of friendship stops here. But guess what? I got this podcast and I started working on WWE pre-shows. So now all this wrestling stuff. Sorry, got to go to work. Got to keep up on the product. Like it's not an option. (laughs) I see what you did there. Right. (laughs) That's why you have to make your hobbies and interests into your work because then. Your family can't be like, I think you're spending too much time with this. No. It's my living. <laughs> we got to support the baby. Yeah. I can't have a shirt on ProWrestlingTees.com if I don't know anything about pro wrestling. Right. And what do you think is going to put him through college? Pro Wrestling Tees shirts. ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sam Roberts. Do Are the you right pushing thing. him in the direction of maybe like being a pro wrestler? Yeah, he's big. He is huge. He's nine pounds, three ounces. It's bigger than, uh, than the Mexican minis already. That's like a quarter of your entire body weight. Yeah. Yeah, that's like a... Uh, it's both my thighs combined. Wow. Yeah. That's like a dink. It is. Full-size dink. If we put them in clown paint, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. No. Nope. nope, not at all. Not at all. So let's talk, let's well, talk congratulations, about... congratulations, Sam Thank Roberts. you very, very much. Let's talk about what we watched together, though, and that was uh, Raw and SmackDown this week. First of all, did you hear about uh, what happened after Raw went off the air? Go ahead. The Rock was there. So The Rock, and I wish I didn't get to say congratulations to Paige last week when she was up here with Alberto Del Rio, but that was the day, I think, that they announced the movie that The Rock is doing with WWE. He's producing it uh, about Paige's life, about her family. I think it's going to be called like Wrestling With My Family or Fighting With My Family or something like that. And uh, Paige isn't in the movie, but it's Paige's story. That's what the movie is. And so they were at Raw... On Monday, Rock was, and people who were in the movie, Thea Trinidad from TNA fame was there, and they were filming a couple of scenes, wrestling scenes, for the movie. And so, like, they kept the audience there, and it was in L.A., so that works, number one, because the people, the movie people are already there, and number two, because it's not that late at night. Like, it's not like if you do it at 1130 or 12 o'clock in New York, because L.A. is three hours ahead. So it's still only, like, 830 at night, so they can keep the audience around for the purposes of the scene. It's like when they did the movie The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke and they actually went to indie shows 
throughout like the East Coast, oh, like New smart. Jersey and all these places, and legit filmed at CZW. They filmed at the Rawway Rec Center. They filmed at legit Ring of Honor shows. Like they they filmed at legit wrestling shows with a legit wrestling audience in a legit wrestling ring. And so obviously this was not an indie shoot. This was a, a I guess WWE or whatever version of WWE we're going to see in the movie. But so they were they were filming the scenes or whatever, and The Rock is in the ring. And he uh, is getting CM Punk chance because The Rock is in the ring. It's looked like, based on the videos that got out there, that he was working with the audience to kind of get them to cooperate with whatever he was filming. I don't know for sure. Mm. But he was on the microphone and everything. And they were chanting CM Punk at him. And instead of just kind of ignoring it, which I think is what people would prefer, he called CM Punk. He was like, oh, CM Punk? I'll call him right now. And he calls him on the phone, like in the ring, in the microphone with the speakerphone on. And he gets a voicemail. And then he goes, Punk, it's rock. I'm not joking right now. There's 15,000 people in the Staples Center, and they're all saying your name. See? And he puts the phone up, and the whole audience starts chanting, CM Punk. Oh, my gosh. CM Punk. And I'm watching this video like, oh, no. Like, it, it, like you know, he's not coming back anytime soon. So it's like the last thing that anybody would want is, hey, let's draw a huge attention to this. Uh, but Rock did. And I don't know if people, That's I guess. That's the end of the story? Yeah. And I guess people were, I mean, the video started going out online all over the place. It started getting taken down for copyright and then put back up and taken down and blah, blah, blah. And a lot of people are talking about it. I personally think that The Rock could have had a little more. I don't respect's not the word, maybe reverence. Just acknowledgement of the fact that, like, I don't know, like, WWE is letting them, letting him use their space. Uh. So it's like, it's almost like, it's harmless enough. It's not the worst thing in the world by any stretch of the imagination. But it's obvious that, why would they want that? But you can almost see both sides of it because it's like an elephant in the room. Like, it's clearly this is being chanted incredibly loud. Do you acknowledge it? Well, you can acknowledge Just it. Just call the spade out. Without encouraging it. Like, it was. In, that's encouraging it. That's being like, yeah, isn't he great? Like, yeah, well, we love him. Well, to your point there, it's just going to, that's only elevated. And he literally. keep doing it now. He literally said, hey, guys, I called him, so let's do it again and do it on his voicemail. And I don't know if in his head he's thinking, if I do this, they're not going to keep chanting it. Because now, like, that's the most you could possibly ask to get out of that chant. Um, I, maybe that was his thinking. Which makes sense, but that chant also pops up and goes away pretty easily. Like, if you don't acknowledge it, it's not like it was going to take over the shoot. You know, they would have chanted, a couple of wise asses would have chanted it, it would have popped up, and then it would have gone away. It's just so different than from, like, a what chant. It has a total different yeah. context. Right. Right. He's somebody I, I really wonder, I kind of go back and forth with in my mind, interested to hear your thought. Do you ever think he will come back? Uh, yeah. I think he has one guaranteed UFC fight left, right? Well, no. He's got he's contracted to do another fight, but he doesn't have to get the fight. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So like I and I don't there were rumors a month or two ago that he Dana was thinking about Dana White was thinking about giving him another fight. I don't think it would be a good idea for him to have another UFC fight. The first one, you know, mm. I love CM Punk, but it was embarrassing and and it didn't so much embarrass Punk because I don't think it was embarrassing. I mean, it was it was embarrassing. It was to UFC. bad. He had no. He wasn't qualified to be in the octagon. Like he, 
he didn't belong there. And it's not like that's CM Punk's fault because obviously he's he, this is a guy who's 37 who's never trained to fight MMA. There's a difference between training MMA and training to fight MMA. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like being yeah. There's just a difference. He's never had a professional fight. He's 37 and he's coming from the world of pro wrestling where, I mean, psychologically, just to wrap your mind, I mean, just just think about it this way. Like, when you're in a UFC octagon, your objective is to hurt your opponent and you have to block out the crowd entirely. When you're in a WWE ring, your objective is to complete a mission, make your opponent look good, and act upon what the crowd is doing. It's literally the opposite of what goes right. on in UFC. And so it's not a, an easy transition in my mind. I don't think it would be. Well, and physically, it's just a complete reset. Complete reset. I, I give him so much props yes. for that. Punk deserves props. Follow through. I don't think it's embarrassing for CM Punk what happened. Like, I think it's like, okay, this is a guy who set out to do something, and he did it, and he got it done, and he actually, most people wouldn't have done it, and he did it. So he gets props. I think it's embarrassing for the UFC because I think that that is a legitimate sports. Do you think they made money off that? They made a lot of money. I feel money. like he was like, what, four or five under the in the card? Yeah, but... And he, he was the main draw. I mean, yeah. I, I wonder how many wrestling people actually, because we all did. I think a lot. Right. And I think, they made a, I think they made a lot of money. But here's the problem. It's like, when you're running an organization like that, you can't... Like, you can make a lot of money doing freak show fights. But you can't create... Like, you're, that's not a sport. You know what I mean? Well, like it's also I, serious. You can't like throw in James Ellsworth. Exactly. Like you, you can't do if a fight is gonna make money, and you're gonna do it right. If, if it's something you're gonna do regularly, it has to be like a Conor McGregor, who's a draw because he's a great fighter. Uh, you know, Ronda Rousey. Like Ronda Rousey, if she got another championship fight after her last two losses, people would be like, "What are we watching? Yeah. Like, how is this a sport? Is she coming over? Don't sidebar, but." Um, I don't know if she'll, I think so. I wouldn't be shocked, I should say. I don't know if she'll be there by WrestleMania because I just think, like, psychologically she's going through some mm. craziness. Understood. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if it were, like, around SummerSlam or something. But I also, it really depends on where her stock lies. Like, you know, when we saw her at WrestleMania in Silicon Valley... Like, her stock was at an all-time high. Right. And it was, like, a huge deal. You know, it depends. The longer she waits, the more her stock drops because it's obvious that she doesn't have it in her to mm. fight anymore. So I think it all depends on, on her where her stock is. Back um, to Punk, though. And I think, I don't think that, that UFC should give him another fight because I don't think he's of the caliber of a UFC athlete. Like, I, just, I mean, I just don't... Like, if they gave him another fight, it would just be to get pay-per-view buys. And that's not UFC's business. You can't... You can do... You should do fights that get pay-per-view buys, but you can't do fights just because it gets pay-per-view buys. Has there buys. been anything said where he wants to do it? I think he wants to, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think he's officially made any challenges, and I think, you know, if he said officially, hey, I want another UFC fight, people would be like... Why would, you know, it's almost like after his last performance to publicly say I want another fight would kind of be, I don't know if jarring is the word, but a little bit left of center, you know? Like, what, what do you mean? Like, you just lost really bad. Like, you, you look like 
you know, you look like a guy who was living out a dream and worked really hard, but didn't really have any business. That's why after that, I, I, I gave it a little thought that he would potentially come back to WWE. I still think he'll be back. I just, I think he'll be back at some point. I don't, I don't know that he'll have another run. I don't think it'll be the CM Punk of old. But I just believe that there will be, this. I don't think the CM Punk story in WWE is done. I think all parties are aware of how much money there is on the table. Yeah. You know, even if we're talking about 10 years from now and he goes into the Hall of Fame and has one match, even if we're talking about 20 years from now and he goes into the Hall of Fame and he becomes a general manager of something, life is long and I think CM Punk will be back. I can't think of a scenario where there was a situation like CM Punk. I, Bret Hart's the biggest one that comes to mind. He came back. He, I mean, Warrior. Who hasn't come back? Nobody. Everybody's come you, back. You could even say Goldberg or Sting came back. Yeah. Or showed up. Warrior was a big one. And he came back. Warrior was huge. Who hasn't? Who never? Hogan needs to come back from the racism thing. Well, that's a whole other. Which he will. He'll be back before Punk is. He'll be back soon, I think. Um, Bret Hart, he came back, obviously. You know, Warrior was huge. Bruno San Martino was a big one to get back. They're all coming back, and they all will come back, because WWE has shifted its business model to be, like, I, I think mean, ultimately it's just potentially part of their DNA. And there's no, there isn't professional, WWE is professional wrestling now. You know what I mean? They've created a brand that is professional wrestling. There's no, like, even if you were, like, you know, the Rock and Roll Express are going into the Hall of Fame. And I don't have a problem with it, but it's not because of the stuff they did in WWE. It's not because of the, uh, you know, because they wrestled at Survivor Series 94. It's not because they came over from Smoky Mountain Wrestling. It's because of what they did in the NWA. But the WWE is the NWA now. The WWE is WCW. The WWE mm. is world class. The WWE is all that stuff because they bought them all. So, you know, I, I think if there's pro wrestling in anybody's blood, that's where it's going to be. And I just, you know, I think I think CM Punk will be back at some point. And I, I always will until he is back. Um, well, it should be noted, too, that in the past two hours from the time of recording this, that the Green Power Ranger... Tommy? Has also challenged Punk. Didn't he challenge Punk in like when he first started? The Green. You know, I, I don't. I'm not. My history isn't as great with the Power Rangers as it is with pro wrestlers. I have ri a rich Power Ranger history. Yeah, but CM Punk's so not wrestling. You know better than I. So CM Punk has been challenged by the Green Power Ranger. CM Punk has been challenged by Jason Ellis, who does a show on our channel. Do you think he really comes good. out like the Green Power Ranger? He should. Because I mean, I'm in. If he knows how to make I'm money. I'm having a pay per view party. But that's at that what point. I mean. It's like it's like I don't think CM Punk is interested in doing like novelty MMA fights so it's like if you're gonna if you're left to like Jason Ellis and no offense to Jason Ellis but if you're left to Jason Ellis and the Green Power Ranger then why don't you just go back to pro wrestling where you can be a marquee star you know like you might, you might have to deal with some people you don't like but everybody deals with people they don't like uh, what do you think speaking of marquee stars and speaking of attitudes of the Kevin Owens that we saw on Monday Night Raw. Fantastic. You remember that guy? Fan. How? How? I haven't talked to you. How have you? How have you felt about the way the whole festival of friendship? The whole thing played out. So, it, so unpredictable. Yeah. You know, from Magic the Magician. Friendship. Friendship the mu ma magician. And you know why that's so important? Why is that so important? Was Be that symbolic? Because what was the last thing that was added to the list of Jericho? Friendship the Magician? Friendship. Wow. Wow. Look at that. 
friendship was the last thing put this on the list of Jericho. This is going to be a college course, Jericho. everyone. Yes. Textbook 101. I mean, there were so many intricacies in that segment, and the, just the, the the reveal of, like, the, the list of KO. Why is my name the only name on this? And you're like, oh, it's happening. And not, like, for fakesies last time, but for realsies. Yeah. And, like, on Raw, on assuming not a pay-per-view, not in big drama. Like, it played out proper. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And... And you know, and 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 it was, and we saw on Raw that it wasn't just a, a fluke. It wasn't just the guy that we saw on Monday night last week. On Monday night this week, Kevin Owens is the guy who I was talking about last week. The Kevin Owens that we saw in NXT, the Kevin Owens who laid out John Cena, stepped on the United States title, and raised the NXT. NXT Championship, the Kevin Owens who took Sami Zayn out of action. Remember that guy? Everybody forgot about that guy because the the Jericho Jericho thing was so much fun, and he's so good at being funny. Everybody remembers the guy who puts Roman Reigns in a headlock and talks trash to the fans. <laughs> Everybody remembers the guy who got helped by Triple H. Everybody remembers the guy who's doing scarf stuff with Jericho. Nobody remembered the guy who's the prize. But we knew he'd fighter. be back. We knew he'd be back. It was just, it was so unassuming to happen in that. I, I think we, I, on some level, you knew he'd be back, but I don't even think anybody was thinking about him in those terms anymore. They were thinking about him as like, he's like a bad guy and he's so funny. He's so entertaining. Uh. Like we were not thinking, we were thinking more about, remember the, 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 uh, uh, the Japan match with Finn Balor when he threw the, the flowers and he said, I hate your whole country. That's the guy we were thinking about, not the guy who actually wrestled in the match. This was stupid. Now we have to clean all this up. Yes, that's the guy we've been thinking of. And now the focus has been shifted in a beautiful way back to prize fighter Kevin Owens. That's what his T-shirts used to say, prize fighter Kevin Owens. This is a guy who's after winning. This is the guy who would take out his best friend to make sure his family eats He's not there to have a good time. He's there to hurt people because the more people he hurts, the more money he makes. And then his little kid gets as many John Cena toys as he wants. <laughs> right. Trust me, I get it. But uh, you do get it. I now. get it. I get it. So I love. I love the 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 shift has been made in the right way. Um, and I'm anxious to see what happens when uh, we hear more from Chris Jericho, and how that plays out. How do you see? the Kevin Owens-Goldberg universal title match being played out at Fastlane. I, I'm glad we're talking about this because it's exactly where I wanted to go next. I'm getting a little confused Yeah. because of the crossover and storylines. We talk about how we as wrestling fans, and I'm not speaking for all of us, but for some of us, mm-hmm. we it's, it's getting a little complicated. Mm-hmm. We like to keep things simple. Yes. I don't want to think. Yes. Okay? Yes. When now we have... The, the, the championship up for grabs. Yes. But also it's going over into potentially the match in WrestleMania. Yes. I'm, wires are crossing. Well, I think that... Uh, I is think that it's, only because it's WrestleMania, though? Is only is that why they're skipping one ahead in a way? Definitely. Just because it's WrestleMania. Definitely. I mean, Fastlane is being branded as the last pay-per-view before WrestleMania. Fastlane is where the WrestleMania picture becomes crystal clear for the Raw brand. Uh, and and that's what, I don't mind it at all. And I think it's even acknowledging the implication because that's all anybody's thinking about anyway. When you're looking at Goldberg versus Kevin Owens, all you're thinking about is the fact that we know 
Goldberg is going to wrestle Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, and one would have to assume any fan could make the educated guess who's Kevin Owens wrestling at WrestleMania. Jericho. Like, that's the only thing that makes sense. So the same way, like, you know, Brock Lesnar is there talking about Goldberg the same way, like, Kevin Owens is wrestling Goldberg. But based on what happened on Raw, the story is between Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho. See, I've been thinking more about, is the belt going to be in contention? Exactly. And and that's why it's okay to talk about. So now, and and for a long, initially, before the uh, the Festival of Friendship, yes. uh, I was like, I'm all for Goldberg winning the Universal title. I think it would be interesting. I think it would be an interesting build to WrestleMania. Uh, and I think that it makes the Goldberg Brock Lesnar match. I don't think they need it. Mean I do because Gold- I, I think it. I think it's a, a solid enough. I don't even think it's that solid because Goldberg's destroyed Brock Lesnar three times now. Doesn't matter. They it's could do it even- ten more times, and I'd still be interested. But you were barely interested. As long at- as it's not gimmicky. That, a, I, that's what I mean. People play that. Uh uh-uh. uh People weren't interested after people were pissed after Survivor Series. People were pissed after the Royal Rumble. Like, you know, I mean, I, I if it's just. Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar again. But then again. look at the implica- implications, though. So say we do, say Lesnar does get the championship, then what? Like he he holds on to it for another. No. Then who is there waiting to get a universal title shot against Brock Lesnar? Does somebody cash in money in the bank? I think that's a SmackDown pay per view this year. <laughs> um, no, the person waiting for Brock Lesnar, theoretically as the universal champion is the guy that Goldberg beat for it. And now we have a universal title match that's the match everybody's been waiting for, which is Kevin Owens versus Brock Lesnar. That sounds great on paper. Yeah. Brock Lesnar, it shows up when Brock Lesnar wants to show up. Well, I mean, that's that's what we hear, but Brock Lesnar will show up when he's paid to show up. And he'll <sighs> be paid, to, I mean, he'll be paid to show up. I, I, I mean, that'd be great if he had a championship. Right, I don't but mind. I, I, he's, I, don't I don't mind the last Brock Lesnar title run. The title wasn't defended every pay per view. The title wasn't shown on every. I didn't Raw. mind that either, to be honest. Well, then what's the problem with it happening again? I mean, I look, look at Goldberg and, and Lesnar in the same category as as just very unpredictable. I don't know exactly. That's beautiful. Maybe that makes it fun. And the universal. But I'm saying I don't want it off the the championship off TV for 35 days. But and... you didn't mind it when it was happening last time. Maybe on paper you don't want it off TV, but you didn't can, mind can it. Can you afford that with a brand split now, though? That's a good question. I mean, look, what you could do is heighten the United States title, and if that's what you're left with between Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens, that's a giant match. Oh, right. And then the U.S. title gets heightened. It's a good question with the brand split. You know, you got a SmackDown, you got a championship being defended every week on SmackDown, and you don't even have a champion for Raw. It's a, it's a decent question. It's definitely worth addressing. You know, but the question is then how long... First of all, I'm not even convinced that it's what's going to happen. We're just kind of spitballing here because we'll talk about the other scenario after. But uh, I, I just think that, you know, the natural thing... Or or if Chris Jericho beats Kevin Owens, then you're left with a Chris Jericho-Brock Lesnar match, and that's a match people want to see because all the, all the uh, uh, internet fans, all the smart fans, whatever you want to call them, all the people who you know, read about what's going on behind the scenes, know that Chris Jericho and Brock Lesnar had that real-life thing, whatever it was, that happened between them backstage at SummerSlam that 
I mean, it's not a storyline thing. It's real life. And that can be addressed through storyline if that's the way they go. Unless Roman Reigns wants back in. Unless Seth Rollins is coming back. Unless Finn Balor is going to be back at any moment. What if it's a Finn Balor-Brock Lesnar match? Like, who doesn't want to see Finn Balor versus Brock Lesnar for the U.S. title? I mean, for the for the universal title. All your titles shouldn't start with you, by the way. But yeah, for, <laughs> for the universal title. You know, there's there's just... There's a lot you can do with Brock Lesnar, and this is also putting the universal title on him makes up for destroying him at Survivor Series. Is it too obvious to think that the the it, that Lesnar and Goldberg will will be fighting for a championship, and that KO and Jericho will be will be the main for, draw for WrestleMania for, for in their mm. own regard? Is it is that too play is that too predictable and played no, because out? Because I, we've been surprised as of late. I don't think Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho will be I think they'll be in the middle of the Not I'm not saying like the the height the top of the card. Yeah. I mean but are those two matches a guarantee? I mean, yeah. Okay. You just didn't first of all the yeah. That's just so obvious though. Well Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar is literally already being advertised. Which again I don't like because I think wires are crossing and it's getting confusing. Right. Can, I get we, that. can we stick with with the pay per view at hand? You just want them to announce like let it be a surprise after the pay per view. Yeah, why why not? Well, I guess, yeah, because then... Are you already on a, like, crunch to sell tickets? I, I don't understand that. Yeah, you're on a crunch to sell WrestleMania tickets, for sure. But um, They never really do that, though, if you really think about it. Well, no, I mean, they did John Cena versus The Rock a Should year in advance. Should we start uh, promoting the Royal Rumble for no, I mean, it's just for WrestleMania. I, I, I just feel weird about it. And, and, and there have definitely been... I mean, technically, every WrestleMania main event gets promoted at the Royal Rumble. Technically, whoever wins the Royal Rumble gets a shot at WrestleMania. So even though you've got another pay per view, yeah, you're but that, still I feel like that's a different feel. WrestleMania, it's different because now the Universal I title is on the line. I feel like it kind of dilutes like the the, the next pay per view match at hand. That's all I'm saying. It dilutes Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar in a way. Like I don't want it. Can we just talk about that for right now? It's enough. It might dilute. It's plenty. It probably dilutes. Kevin Owens versus also, Goldberg. Maybe, maybe in my mind, too, it's just like, oh, he's definitely going to be alive. Well, yeah, nobody's going to die. I don't yeah, think. so Somebody, well, they're going to have another match. See, that's a guarantee. And I feel like maybe in my brain, that's yeah. like kind of, you know, that. They're that not, could... a, yeah, they're not all career ending matches. Right. Yeah, but I mean, most people are aware. You don't say I don't have a point. <laughs> no, I, most people most people are aware. I get your wires crossing thing, but the idea that they'll live to see another day is you, it usually is a given. Okay. You know, usually, usually. You're right, but usually. Um, But, you know, I have to tell you something. Yeah. I think that the the Kevin Owens-Chris Jericho split went so well last week, and Kevin Owens was so good this week, it wouldn't shock me if if Kevin Owens kept the universal title against Goldberg. Because then you're in a scenario, you know, I, I if I had to predict one, I would predict Goldberg would win. I, and I think that that would probably be better. If it's a mail-in match, though, no, I don't think it's I'm going to be no, it, super pissed. It won't be that because then that does take away from Kevin Owens versus Chris Jericho. I think people are going to interfere. Like Goldberg's son? Well, maybe not. Yeah, maybe Goldberg's son. Maybe not because then you got Braun Strowman versus Roman Reigns, which we have to talk about. But, um... So, I think that uh, 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 it's it's possible that because the Kevin Owens Chris Jericho thing has gone so well, and you can't argue that nobody thinks it hasn't, that 
even if they intended to make Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg a universal title match, there could be a thought in their heads where they go, wait a minute, this Jericho-Kevin Owens thing is hot, hot, hot. It's the hottest thing on TV right now. What if Goldberg didn't win the universal title? And what if the Jericho-Kevin Owens match was your universal title match? What if that was your main event? No. What I mean, it's the biggest you thing. You just on... said it yourself. It was going to be down tier. If it's a U.S. title match, it will be. But what if it wasn't a U.S. title match? What if it was a universal title match? What if it was Raw's top match? I mean, it's it's the hottest thing on television. It's not generally at WrestleMania. They go with whatever looks the best on a billboard, and Bill Goldberg and Brock Lesnar with a championship title in between them looks awesome on a billboard. That to me, is a WrestleMania main event. You know, the next night on Raw is when you start to get back to actually doing WWE, but that's a WrestleMania main event. That said, there is an alternate string theory universe. Mm, I'm in. Just below the surface, where, you know, Goldberg somehow does not beat Kevin Owens. And what it will do is it will add a seed of doubt that maybe Brock Lesnar will beat Goldberg, which you kind of need. It will add huge credibility to Kevin Owens as a prize fighter, which you kind of need. And it will make Chris Jericho versus Kevin Owens truly the main event for Raw, uh, which it could be. You know, Again, I don't think so, but what do you think of that as a scenario? I question how much longer Goldberg's around. I think he's done after WrestleMania. My personal feeling. Well, then doesn't that play into everything? No, I think he loses to Brock Lesnar regardless. I think. So then you see Lesnar walking out of WrestleMania's champion. Probably. And play yes. it out from there. Yes, and then I think he shows up on cuz I and then to, you know the next night on Raw is when we start to figure some things out. Where are I we also, going now? I also I got to be honest, I question how much Lesnar has left in him too. No, Lesnar. As did Paul Heyman when we spoke with him? When? At uh Oh, oh. No, I think Lesnar's got like 2 years left on his contract or something like that. Lesnar's doing fine. He's retired from MMA officially. And he's got a contract where he gets paid ridiculous money to not have a full-time schedule. He'll be fine for a while. He's not going anywhere. He'll be fine for a while if he keeps taking minor bumps like the Goldberg gimmick. Well, I mean, That was just like, you didn't have to even do anything. But what's a Brock Lesnar match? Like, when does... Brock Lesnar doesn't do dangerous stuff. He suplexes people. Do you remember that shooting star press from like 15 years ago? Yeah, that's not what he does anymore. I heard it's coming back. Well, yeah. It's a rumor. Yeah, I didn't hear that rumor at all. But, uh... He, like, there's no... The Brock Lesnar match is you not... You can't say he's exactly healthy, though. Yeah, he can. He's huge. I mean, he's gone through diverticulitis. He's gone through... He's, he's better. He, his body is totally changed. He looks huge. He's a beast. Come on. You compare Brock Lesnar to mm-hmm. Brock Lesnar 10 years ago, two totally different people. Well, yeah, Brock Lesnar 10 years ago was a dude in his 20s. He was a beast. But I'm talking... I remember literally when my friends would wrestle him, like, legit wrestle him in college, and it was like... Yeah, I know, but you're talking about Brock Lesnar when he's like, now you're talking about Brock Lesnar at 19 years old. Like, yeah, we don't have Brock Lesnar at 19 anymore. I literally, there was a, did you see like when they did, um, there was like a Mojo Raleigh cut-in the other day where his back was turned against the camera. Uh I thought it was Brock Lesnar. What does that mean? My point is, Brock Lesnar is not the Goliath from Brock Lesnar 10 years ago. He's huge. Okay. He's He is not the same cut. As he was, he's less cut up, but he's even he's he's. I'm not saying bigger. the dude's not in shape. Yeah, he's bigger. He's less like cut up, but he's a he's even bigger than he used to be. 
Like he's less Aren't defined. He's less cut, but he's bulkier. Are we seeing the same thing? He's, yeah, he's bulkier now than he was then. And he only wrestles. What's in your Jimmy John's bath salts? Because this <laughs> is just so inaccurate. He wrestles like at most eight times a year in matches that are for the majority short. Like he could wrestle the schedule he's wrestling now until he's 60. You know what I mean? This uh, is all right, man. This is perfect. There is no wear and tear on the body for the schedule that he has. Zero. Out of Paul Heyman's mouth. Let's remember that. You're right. And Paul Heyman never tells a lie. Paul Heyman, Paul Heyman would never say something just to sell a, a, a match or a show. Never. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Uh, all right. Braun Strowman. First of all, how have you felt about Braun Strowman being... <laughs> <laughs> I can't get through without laughing. I'm just glad you're here because I was watching Raw. I cannot hear Nia Jax's music anymore without hearing it correctly. I never hear that anymore. I like cookies and cupcakes, chili runs and sprees. I heard. I'm. I really messed some people up with that one. <laughs> yeah, because I heard Monster every time I heard the song. When so when you said that, I was like, yeah, that's the song. Yeah. And now I, I'm like, it's very clearly I'm not like most girls. Like, like, now that everybody pointed out, Katie, the lyrics are wrong. You don't know the lyrics to the song. Well, sorry I didn't shazam it, everyone. But you, if you listen to it now, like, I can't escape, like, oh, my God, those are the lyrics. <laughs> well, we really did. Yeah, Both of us got Jim it wrong. Jim Johnson went back and he retracted that thing. You think so? Yeah. Um, so uh, 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 so but what do you think of Braun uh, wrestling the, the Giants? Big I, show, Mark Henry. Thank you for bringing that up. The last two weeks have been great. Mm-hmm. In some way, shape, or form, mm-hmm. don't you miss the Braun Strowman versus Jobbers more? No. I mean, there's only so much you could You can't build to a Roman Reigns match by Come having on, him man. beat I James Ellsworth. was the question. It was a great gimmick. Well, yeah, but you can't just do it forever. Like, eventually, if he's going to be wrestling Roman Reigns in the main event of a pay-per-view, you know, or the co-main event, whatever you want to call it, like, you can't build to the, like, Oh, yeah, Braun Strowman, he's a big, fierce competitor for Roman Reigns. Here he wrestles Gilbert. Like, at some point, you have to move beyond that. You know what I mean? Like, you have to be like, wow. he can, Like, because you have to believe that Braun Strowman can't, isn't just kicking jobbers asses. You have to believe that Braun Strowman can kick everyone's ass. I you have to say, sit there and say, like, there's, I don't think Roman Reigns can beat this guy. The athletic prowess of Strowman, like Amazing. when he did that. Oh my gosh! Amazing. He's he's really great. I, I was actually very surprised. I, I thought that was a, a really great match between two beasts, like athletic wise. Yes. It wasn't like Big a Show is Big Haymaker. Sh- no, Big Show is is doing so well. He's in crazy I, shape. I even like Mark Henry when he comes back. Remember, we had this conversation like a year and a half ago, probably, where it was like. We were kind of getting tired of seeing Big Show Kane, Mark Henry yes, every yes. week. And I told and you were like, let him go. And I said, don't let him go. If you use them effectively, have them come out once every so often, just when you need a giant to show up. I agree. Then he's there. And I think that that strategy has been used perfectly. I agree. You know, I think and, and I think that like this is where they're suited best to come out and make Braun Strowman look amazing because that's what happens. He looks even stronger when he can hoist up Big Show like that. And he was struggling a little, but he got him up. And he did say, he's like, I'm the monster now, or I'm the giant now. Yes. 
I loved it. I still think there's room for Falaba, which is my actual sidebar Falaba conversation. Falaba is nowhere no, near as no, big as those people. Yeah, it's in a different category, Sam, and that's my big my big push right now. I'll let you know that, but that's the sidebar. I beat from the car wash came over and said, I'm the captain now. He did? No. Oh. <laughs> um, so, it's tax season. we gotta, we got to look out for CPA. That's too. right. That's right. Um, yeah, so I think that's been good. I think, you know, the more I think about it, the more here's – where I think Fastlane is going to go. Um, Wait, can I ask you real quick, though? Yes, do you think do. that that, that Roman-Braun uh, matchup, is? do you think it's strong? Do you like where that's headed? Huge matchup. Do you and like I, it better, though? You, you, almost, you didn't answer your own question, too. Did he, do you like it better that he's fighting show and Henry? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I mean, because you have to, like, at some point. It's a little old school, to be honest. It is old school. Two in a row. It is old school, and I like that. Like, this... The build of Braun Strowman as a fierce, big giant is, like, the best build to a big man in the time that I can remember. Did like, you ever see him with a manager? It's it's possible. Yeah. I mean, it's it's possible right now. He just... What sound does he make? So right now I'm okay with him just making noises like that. Yeah. But, but they throw in a Mr. Fuji, and I mean, that's... Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's very... He has a vibe of, like, if he had a Bobby Heenan to accompany him as Andre the Giant... Does I, he need it? Not right now, but he will. Ah. Uh. I think that right now he's like, hot, 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 hot. And I think after he loses a match or two, that's when a manager comes in. I think that, that after he gets to the Ooh, other... I like your thinking on that. Yeah. After he gets to the other side of this build... Okay. When he's not, because at some point he has to lose. And then he starts to get to the other side of the build. And then it's like, well, where do we go from here? And that's when somebody, I mean, and it's so old school. You Don't you want like somebody to be like, I've acquired the services of Braun Strowman? Remember when managers used to say so that? Good. I've acquired his services? I mean, look, WWE, here's one thing WWE desperately needs. Factions. They need more factions. Factions mm. were always great. Three, four-man groups. Three uh, or four maybe. Maybe there's a there's a void miss with like a great manager though, like a a, a, a Jimmy Hart, a Scary so. Sherry, and Paul Heyman can't be the only one who does it. Well, like I want a real character though, yeah. More than like um, come on. More than uh, eh. more than who? Jeb Coulter. Like I, I want I want yeah. a little more character. Than Was that. Zeb Coulter like uh he his character kind of he had he was great in the beginning when he was like. A tea partier, but then when they started watering him down, and he was yes, yeah, so it started to get a little weird. With the Mex American thing, we talked about it with Alberto last week. It, it made no sense, but um, <laughs> like it was, it was ridiculous. But it, uh, yeah, I, I could see him later. So, you know, I, I think I talked about. I don't remember if I talked about it with you or I talked about it on one of the podcasts. Like the thing about the fast lane match with Roman Reigns, though, is do you defeat Braun Strowman before WrestleMania? And I would say absolutely not. I would say that'd be stupid. So like, because he's such on a build, right? To have that build, and I don't know what he's gonna do at WrestleMania, but to have that build not last until WrestleMania, like that is a WrestleMania attraction. Because WrestleMania is marketed in such a way where it's not necessarily. I don't think my observation. I think you would probably agree based on you know the WrestleManias that we've been to. It doesn't feel as a fan. Like, it's necessarily marketed towards us, hardcore Oh, fans. no, I've never thought that. Right. I think it's marketed towards 
you know, it, there, there's lots of stuff there for us. Like, I, li- I this weekend, I watched uh, Triple H's entrance from last year's WrestleMania again. Remember when Stephanie did that, that whole monologue? That was so good. I, I got goosebumps. But um, I, it's marketed towards new eyes being on the product and it being like, oh, that's cool. You know, and that's where there's there's a ladder match over here. There's this over here. Here's the Brock Lesnar match. Here's this. And Braun Strowman is a guy who makes an impact. Mm. And if you have this giant come to the ring who beats everybody, then an audience who doesn't necessarily watch every week is, I think, going to be interested. And I think WrestleMania is a good showcase for this build that has literally been building since the first Raw after the draft when Braun Strowman wrestled James Ellsworth. But, I mean, let's also agree that maybe not. He's much bigger than an Andre Battle Royal Wimbledon Crash Bandicoot. Definitely. He needs a match. Yeah, he needs his own match that's like a challenge. Um, You know, I honestly, at this point, which is weird, because last year, even a month ago, I would have been like, what? I wouldn't mind, believe it or not, right now seeing a Braun Strowman Undertaker match. I want. We haven't talked about that. Where do you see Undertaker fitting in? Roman Reigns. I wanted a Braun Strowman Brock Lesnar match. But that's not going to happen. I don't know where Braun Strowman fits in. I don't think he can lose at WrestleMania. I think that the only reason that Roman Reigns eliminated The Undertaker at Royal Rumble was because Roman Reigns is going to be The Undertaker's opponent. Where do you see Luke Harper fitting into this landscape? Well, did you watch the end of SmackDown? I I did. Luke Harper may very well uh, uh, be in a triple threat for the uh, WWE Championship. At WrestleMania? Yeah. Which is amazing. I so okay so let's talk about Fastlane first okay. and then we'll move right to Smackdown because okay. that's good timing um, and we'll move to the show where the women's, cha- women's championship was threatened to be vacated oh that's all of them but but, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Undertaker made his presence known at Fastlane and cost Roman Reigns the match and that's how uh. Braun Strowman wins that way Roman Reigns gets saved Braun Strowman still gets a victory and you further this story between Roman Reigns and Undertaker I would imagine that's if, if, if that's where they're going um, okay so Smackdown mm-hmm. Battle Royal finish you've got uh, uh, the, the Bret Hart Lex Luger finish although you know I, I don't think their feet actually touched at the same time even close but purposeful camera angles and then he body slammed Falaba and everybody I, went again, crazy on Independence Day <laughs> So, what did you? Uh, so, so the battle royal ends with AJ Styles and Luke Harper, both winning. And like, no ref threw or fl- or no coach threw a flag. There right. was no booth review. Right. It was in the last two minutes. I I'm just ref gated to high hell. I yeah exactly. You have six referees. None of them are on that side of the ring. Like what can we we got fifty cameras too. First of all, here's why SmackDown is so great. Okay. I love watching SmackDown because SmackDown has figured out the way. The key to making a great wrestling show, I believe, is to make a show that within itself is building to something. But from the larger scale, the show is building to something even bigger. So, that might sound confusing, but the Battle Royal itself, the 10-man Battle Royal at the end of SmackDown this week, that Battle Royal was designed to build to WrestleMania matches. That battle royal was designed to build towards uh, the Miz and John Cena having a rivalry, Baron Corbin and Dean Ambrose having a rivalry. You know what I mean? Like all this stuff going on, and of course Luke Harper, AJ Styles, mystery with the Wyatts involved. Those are the three big things that I felt like were going on in that. Ba- and and Dolph Ziggler, Apollo Cruz, Kalisto still having problems. Though, so so 
the battle royal itself was meant to build towards WrestleMania. And I feel like Raw, most of the time, the show feels like it's building towards a pay-per-view, which is fine, but there's no... That's macro. There's no micro building. Mm. You need to micro build towards a macro. So the, the battle royal itself built towards WrestleMania, left us with a scenario where we're starting to see what WrestleMania might look like on SmackDown. But the show, the full SmackDown show, was building towards the Battle Royal. The show wasn't building mm. towards WrestleMania. The show was building towards the Battle Royal with the Battle Royal building to WrestleMania, if that makes sense. So you've got promos. The promos running throughout the show were great. Like, So, so the two hours feels like a self-contained two hours. I need to stick around. Not a commercial for a pay-per-view. It's like, this is the show. I need to stay till the end of this show because they keep talking about this battle royal. Then at the end of the battle royal, you go, oh, I think that this might start working towards WrestleMania. And then next week on SmackDown, you acknowledge what's going on, and, and we're going to settle. At the end of tonight, we're going to settle between Luke Harper and AJ Styles. And then Luke Harper does a promo, and AJ does a promo, and the Wyatts are over here. What you're really building towards is WrestleMania, but the, the show as it moves is building towards itself. The show is building towards something contained in the show, which is, that's, to me, what draws people's attention. Does that make sense? Yeah, and it'd be interesting actually to see the the ratings line if to your point that if actually that works. works better. Yeah, I don't know. I just know as a viewer of stories of TV of Which one do you like better? Smackdown. Yeah, okay. As a storytelling show. Um I think Smackdown. Do you think is it's better. easier because there's 2 hours? Yes. As opposed to 4 hours and 15 minutes? Yes, I think it's much easier with 2 hours. I think it raw I wish Raw was two hours, but... Seven. I still think if Raw was two hours, you would still need to adjust the way they do storytelling because they still, even with the three hours, do not tell stories the way SmackDown tells stories. And SmackDown does a better job of telling stories. Is that two separate teams? Two completely separate writing teams? No. No, oh, it's not. That's interesting. It's the same... same. No, it isn't. Um, but uh, uh, the teams aren't different. It might have different people in charge, but it's not different writing teams. Um... So uh, uh, I, I imagine that, that I would, even though Randy Orton said he was not going to take the title match at WrestleMania, I, I, I would think that we're going to see a Wyatt's triple threat match at WrestleMania. Randy Orton, Bray Wyatt, Luke Harper huh. for the championship, which is amazing. I mean, to go from a place, and I think that, because, you know, I did the pre-show for the Elimination Chamber, and that's the, where Bray Wyatt won the championship. Mm -hmm. I have to imagine they were like, wait a minute. Sam Roberts is actually in the building, meaning he has the ability <laughs> to, to light it, it on fire. <laughs> we cannot let Sam Roberts light the building on fire. I think we got to put the title on Bray Wyatt. <laughs> we otherwise we run a risk of Sam Roberts lighting the building on fire. There was many concerned Twitter followers on that. Sam, <laughs> like, don't let him burn down the building. <laughs> yeah, we need our the Talking Stick Resort Arena. Leave it. Talking Stick. Um, but I think that uh, I think that, that would be incredible. I mean, and I think it would. It would go to prove what's going on uh, on SmackDown, that that is your main event. After everything we've seen, it could be that triple threat match at WrestleMania. I don't think it's just going to be Luke Harper versus Bray Wyatt. I think Randy Orton's involved. Um, and I don't think it'll be AJ Styles in the title scene for WrestleMania. Wow. And I, you want to know why? Yeah. Because if you watch the show and you watch Talking Smack, AJ Styles' beef is not with the champion. AJ Styles' beef is not with Bray Wyatt. 
it's not even with John Cena anymore. AJ Styles' beef is with the way he is being treated by management on SmackDown. It's the it, AJ Styles' beef is the fact that he's not being granted the matches that he feels like he deserves, and he feels like he's being cheated out of things. So, what needs to be settled at WrestleMania? Shane versus AJ. You met me there, Linen Doll. Yeah! Way to go, buddy. I was yeah. following it. Which which could be fun, really that fun would to be watch. Great. Yes, yes. Um, and that's just right now. You know, things change week by week, and I will I will judge it based on the next week. I just watch the show and I go, this is probably what I think would be cool to do. It, it really is incredible how things change to your point, like so fast. You look at even, it's a sidebar, but it's relevant. Mm-hmm. Like Alexa Bliss yeah. was in Triple H's entrance at WrestleMania. Yes. As a masked, you know, Yeah, performer. at WrestleMania 30. Wow. Yeah. Now she's. Three years later. Champion. Yeah. And you know who else was with her? Sasha Banks and Charlotte. Really? That's who the three women were. Yeah. Wow. What can happen Alexa in Alexa Bliss has been such an MVP on that show, by the way. Strong. So good. Strong. And I thought Nikki and Natty did a good job. I think it's 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 pretty clear. I'm that... in a big push for Feel the Glow, though. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if that... In... I guess she's injured. Sucks. Yeah, I know. I, I was kind of interested in where that was going. I don't, I, I don't think, though... I mean, that must be a crappy situation to be in, but I think she'll come back stronger than ever. I haven't talked to you about Samoa Joe being on the main roster. Yeah, hello, I called that. I know, it's great, isn't it? Isn't I he doing called awesome? Can I get some credit there? Absolutely. Thank you. Yes, you did call it. Yeah, I'm so glad that they didn't do uh, what I was talking about them doing early on. You know, and, right. and I think it's going to make way for a lot of people. All right, Linendahl. Oh, I have gifts for you. You have gifts for me? Yeah, they're in my they're in my office, but I got a, 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 a box from Pro Wrestling Crates. Whoa! Yeah, like Pro Wrestling Crates, it's like a subscription service. Yeah, yeah. And so I wanted to share the goodies with you. And so I'm going to give you, wait till you hear this. Okay, okay. Uh, a Ricky the Dragon Steamboat <laughs> pendant. Because the, the theme this week for Pro Wrestling Crates was High Flyers. Oh, yeah. So I have for you a Ricky the Dragon Steamboat pendant. This is great. Yes. A, uh, a clapper that's a lazy, like, uh, this is awesome fan clapper, Fantastic. noisemaker for the audience. And, uh, uh, oh, and you'll love this. I saw it and I was like, yeah, I'm going to give this to Katie. Uh, it is a prototype Broken Matt Hardy Vanguard 1 Frisbee. Is it Bluetooth? No, it's just a Frisbee. I, I love but it. But it's still I Vanguard it. 1 Frisbee. Yeah, that's great. So that's, the, yeah, because I opened up my pro wrestling crate and I was like, you know what? The t-shirts are a size men's medium. Probably a little too big for Katie. Yeah. Uh, but she can, I, she can enjoy I some of these goodies. This. this is like Christmas come early. Yeah, I'm going to give them to you right in my office. I got loot. It's good. Yeah, it's going to be great. And that's, see, that's the best part about, you don't have to get a subscription to Pro Wrestling Crate because I just give you goodies Thanks when I get Wrestling it. Pro Wrestling Crate? Yeah, exactly. And I got, is the pendant like a, I can pin it on my jacket? No, it's like a, a, a flag. Oh, even better. Like that you could put it up on like a- I can a, hang it in my living room. Yes, exactly. It says Ricky the Dragon Steamboat I'll on put it. it next to my George the Animal Steel signed poster. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, George the Animal Steel, Ivan Koloff, yeah. Nicole Bass, and Gosh. and Chavo Guerrero, senior. 2017, take it easy, man. Yeah, jeez. Jeez. I ate a turnbuckle, and it didn't digest well. I saw that photo. Yeah, it, it didn't was, look good. I'll leave out the details. Yeah, please do. But I, I, I did do pay homage. All right. We're going to see you all uh, uh, next week here on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.
Follow at NotSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And subscribe for free to listen every week to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast.